thank you. Well, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I have spoken uh, in a devotional or in a revival. Uh, my pastor called the other day. I'm going to be at First Church on the 18th and looking forward to that. But uh, uh, thank you for your kind remarks. The Bible college means everything to me. Anybody that knows me knows how true that is. Uh, I don't know where I'd be today if, I, if, I, if God wouldn't have led me out here at NBC. And uh, Chick Shaver's the one that pointed me here. I was, I was a Christian for about uh, seven or eight weeks, still working in the nightclubs. <laughs> I'd, I'd go to uh, the revival with Chick, and then I'd go to the nightclub. Mm. And uh, he must have got the Lord. Out of the six nights that he preached, I went to the altar five. I had such a hunger to be all God wanted me to be. And in fact, I was telling myself, don't go to that altar again tonight. You look stupid, but he'd share something. And I wanted to walk in the light that God put on my pathway. And then before the meeting was over, Chip took me aside, started talking to me. He started talking, he said, have you heard about this new school for older students? And uh, you ever see one of these bobblehead dogs in the back window of a car? Oh, yeah. I was getting ready to go to work, and he called me over after the altar service. He started talking about the Bible college, and I'm just nodding my head listening to him. And uh, he talked about uh, how it's a new school for older students, da-da-da-da-da. I remember getting in my car that night. I sit there stunned for about five minutes, and I thought, Bible college? What in the world is he talking to me about that for? And then about eight months later, here I am. And I came out here in December of 1973, right after Christmas, and started class in January of, was 72, and started class in January of 73. And if you would have told me then, when I drove onto the campus, that one day I'd be on staff and be on this team with the staff and faculty, I would have told you, you're crazy. I think I knew one scripture, John 3.16, that was about it. But uh, here it is all these years later, and I'm so proud to be on this team. And I've said it, I'm going to say it again, I'm getting older now. So when you get older, you can repeat yourself. But uh, this school means everything to me. I don't know where I'd be without it. It put me on the map. And uh, I, I shall forever be grateful to God for NBC. And uh, we've heard Dr. Sherwood mention many times to us the importance of being on a, a winning team. And so I want to just share some thoughts that God has brought to me this past week about the power and the importance of encouragement. And, uh, you know, with the team analogy, you know, football, all team sports, football, uh, guys get a touchdown, they jump on each other, hit each other over the head. And baseball, if you, if you get a hit or a home run and it wins the game, they, they're all reinforcing each other with encouragement and hockey. When you get the winning goal like the Avalanche did this year, got the Stanley Cup, hallelujah. And uh, golf, I've always enjoyed golf. It's the only sport I could ever play. But uh, the, the thing I liked about golf is the Ryder Cup, but these guys used to play, they're always playing against each other, but now they're playing for each other. And uh, I love the Ryder Cup. And then uh, every time, that the last 10 years or so that I was able to play golf, I enjoyed the scramble format where everybody takes a shot and you're on the same team. And boy, there's such encouragement with each other. And uh, I'll tell you, encouragement on a team makes all the difference in the world. It really does. And uh, 
I, I th thought about when I was about 12 or 13 years old. I don't know if they still have this today, but they had the Babe Ruth League. It was for ages 12 to 14. And uh, I was encouraged by my dad at the time to try out for one of the teams called the Colts. And the, the problem was I couldn't run because of the effects of overcoming polio and infantile paralysis. And by that time I was walking again, but I had a limp, ended up with a limp the rest of my life, but I couldn't run. Well, my dad encouraged me to go for a tryout. So I did, never expecting to get on the team. And uh, Mr. Whitkin, he's passed away now, but he was the coach. And somehow he took a liking to me. And he took it upon himself to go to all the other coaches. It must have been six other teams. And he got a waiver that I could have a pinch runner. And I had strong arms to be on the crutches all those years. So I could, I could throw. I caught behind home plate. I was a catcher. I had a good arm down the second base. Uh, I could hit and, and I could catch, but I couldn't run. So he went to all the other coaches and got a waiver that I could have a runner from home plate. Now, usually when you get a pinch runner, you got to come out of the game. But the waiver was I could get a pinch runner from home plate, still stay in the game. And they all approved that. And uh, I didn't know at the time, and now I do. I didn't know then. But we got the fastest guy on the team, the shortstop, Steve Lindsay. He's still a friend of mine back in Detroit. All these years later, he was the fastest guy on the team. And he had run for me. And that year, I led the league in stolen bases and doubles. <laughs> it's all because of Steve running for me. Amen. But, you know, that encouragement that I got from, uh, from my dad and from, from uh, Mr. Wickin, uh is still with me to this day. And I was about 12 to 13 years old. And I remember the second year I was here, I went to Mrs. Audrey Williamson, who was a walking Bible. And I went to her one day and I said, Mrs. Williamson, I got a, I got a problem with you. What's the matter? I said, I can't say nice things to people anymore. She says, why? I said, well, the, the Bible talks about, it, it warns about a flattering tongue. And here's exactly what she did. She went, Gary, I'm afraid you've misinterpreted the scriptures. And she said, that's just when you're saying something with an ulterior motive. But Paul said, the Apostle Paul said to encourage one another in the faith. And Gary, we all need encouragement, so you keep doing that. And I said, yes, ma'am. And talk about encouragement, our new coach for the Denver Broncos, uh, with all due respect to the, 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 the Chicago Bears, Dr. Sherwood. <laughs> but we've got a new coach, Coach Hackett. He's something else, man. This guy, his enthusiasm, his passion, his encouragement, it's off the charts. A few weeks ago, this is so funny, a few weeks ago when they were having practice for the OTAs, uh, a big defensive tackle and an offensive lineman got into a real brawl. I mean, they were going at it. And all their teammates had to break them up. And they both weighed about 275 pounds. I mean, these are linemen and defensive backs. Anyway, after they separated him, Coach Hackett, you know what he made him do? He made him to hug it out. <laughs> he, he had these guys hugging each other in front of all their teammates here. They're making millions of dollars and he had them hug each other. It was in the paper. I just had to laugh. And I, I don't know how they're going to do this year, but uh, I'll tell you this. 
and many others will agree that live out here. Coach Hackett has, without a doubt, brought about a new passion, a new energy, a new sense of morale and chemistry, a new culture, a new camaraderie that hasn't been here in years. And I don't know how we're going to do this year, but I know this, he's changed the whole tenor of that team. And it reminds me of you, Dr. Sherwood, ever since you've been with us, you've been talking about the importance of team chemistry and how you bragged on all of us, but we want to brag on you today. You've been a blessing. And uh, we just thank God for you. We really do. The power, the, the importance and power of encouragement. I've used this illustration with students. It's a simple illustration, but it's uh, Satan had a garage sale and uh, he had all his tools out on the table and somebody picked up the tool of discouragement. And uh, they asked how much it was. And it was 10 times the price of all the other tools combined. So they asked Satan, they said, how come this tool is so, so expensive? And he smiled and he said, because it's the most effective tool I've ever used. Discouragement. And then I came across this on the internet, <laughs> Rick Warren, but he talked about discouragement is unique to human beings, it's universal. He said, everybody feels it, including those in the ministry. He said, you have no idea how many times I don't want to quit on a Monday morning. It's Pastor Saddleback. And over the years when I did camp meetings, I'd be, be with these district superintendents. And they said, Gary, we won't accept any resignation on a Monday morning because the pastors are so low. 